welcome back to Podcast 51, your Central Michigan life home to all that is creepy and weird. I'm Tom DeLore. And I'm Amir Bankston. And this is our finale, I guess, for our three-part series on possessions and exorcisms. In this one, we're going to be talking about one story. Last week, we talked about two stories. We talked about Arne Cheyenne Johnson, which was the first case that someone ever tries to use, tried to use demonic possession as a defense in court. And we talked about the Snedeker family, um, the Warrens, the famous demonologists were involved in both. In the first part, we talked about excuse me, the religious traditions around possessions and exorcisms across various religions. And so this week, we're going to talk about um, one that got attention recently, and it was in Indiana. It's 2012, and I could have picked uh, some more famous ones, some more really notable ones, like I think his name is uh, Roland or Ronald Doe, which is the guy that inspired The Exorcist. I could have picked Clara Saleh, I believe, who was this really famous South African case for it, but I chose um, the three that I did because the first two, the Warrens were involved, and the first one was easily dismissible, I, f- I feel like. Second one, the Warrens were involved and was kind of faced controversy, and it was the first time, like I said, that someone ever tries to use demonic possession as a defense in court. And this last one is just kind of a personal favorite, but it's also very recent, which I think makes it somewhat d- different. Because you think of, I, I think I like to think of possessions and exorcism, that kind of thing is like 70s and it's super far back. But this one is like really recent. I actually wouldn't think of it that far back. You know? No, I think of it like more of a like a '90s thing, maybe '80s. Hmm. Yeah, because people were still into drugs by that point. All right, so let's get into the story of Latoya Ammons. So, in November 2011, the Ammons family moved into a rental house in Gary, Indiana. What are you laughing about? I'm not laughing, dude. I was nothing. I thought I was gonna. I thought I was going to fart. I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't. I was not ready for that. I think you're laughing in the way I said 2011 or something. No, yeah, no. Anyways, so they move in in November, and in December, big black flies began to swarm their their screened-in porch despite how cold it was. Rosa Campbell, Campbell, uh, the mother of Latoya Ammons, recounts that it was highly abnormal. No matter how many they killed, the flies always seemed to come back. And after midnight, Rosa and Latoya said they sometimes heard footsteps climbing the basement stairs and the door opening between the basement and the kitchen. But no one was ever there, and these noises continued despite the family later locking the door. I would have left that house immediately. Well, that comes up. And Rosa said that one night she woke up to see a shadowy figure of a man pacing in her living room. Oh. And so she jumps out of bed to check it out, but only finds large, wet boot prints. Oh, I would have left immediately <laughs> that <laughs> night. I would have been gone. And so in March 2012. Wait, when the, did this last one happen? That was that was all like stuff that happened right when they moved in, which is November, December. 10. And she was stayed? I would have left whole family. that Hold night. On. That night Wait, because someone tells them to leave and they have a really fair reason for not leaving. But we'll get to it in a second. So Rosa, like I said, she wakes up to find those boot prints. In March 2012, the family now becomes fearful. They weren't fearful before, but they are now. 2 a.m. one night, the Ammons are all awake. Reportedly, they're mourning the death of a loved one when Latoya began hearing yelling for her mother, Rosa, from Rosa's bedroom. Rosa runs in to find one of the Ammons children, who was 12 at the time, levitating unconscious above the bed. They surrounded the bed and began to pray, and eventually the girl descended to the bed with no memory of the events. At this point, Rosa and Latoya begin to panic, so they call local churches for help, who refuse to listen, except for one church. The church sends an official to the house and tells the family that the home has spirits and recommended the family clean the home with bleach and ammonia and then use oil to draw crosses on every door and window. The family also 
um, was told to pour olive oil on the children's feet and then smear oil in the shape of a cross on their foreheads, which they did. The family reached out to two clairvoyants who reported that their home was infested with over 200 demons. Oh, I would have left. And this made sense to the family because they were Christians, so it went along with their belief. Oh, Jesus Christ, I'm gone. (laughs) They were told to move, but the family was unable to due to money. Oh, dude, I, I live in a box before I got to do walking, <laughs> just tiptoeing around in my house. I'm gone. I'm sure it's a hard decision because you get a mother, a grandmother, and then you got like three children or four children. <sighs> dude, I've been saving up all my money. I'm not paying any bills. I'm just, <laughs> just getting the heck out of there. Um, because they were unable to move out, they instead made an altar in the basement and burned sage and sulfur, which nasty. That smells like rotten eggs, throughout the house, creating a thick smoke in the house. Latoya uses this burning. Uh, did she burn a cross? Did I say that. She burned a cross. No, excuse me. She used the smoke to draw a cross. The burning cross probably not good. I was gonna say that's not a she good. She used thing. the smoke to draw a cross, and it was super, super thick, like I said. And then they read verses from the Book of Psalm as they walked around. This only made things worse. So three days later, Ammon's and her three children become possessed. Oh, I'm gone. They have bulging eyes and evil smiles, and their voices become very deep. Rosa Campbell said that the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. Wait, was was this is this grandma? Yeah, who was protected? Yeah. If I was a grandma, I would have got the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I was born to get the hell out of this situation. Ammon said that upon her possessions, she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm, and just lost control. I'd be like, I'd be like you can keep my grandbabies. I'll never <laughs> see you again. <laughs> <laughs> The youngest boy, who was seven, sat in a closet talking to an invisible boy. Oh, wow. Rosa said that this boy once also flew out of the bathroom, and a headboard once smacked the daughter, giving her a wound that needed stitches. The daughter, who was 12 at the time, like I said, later said she sometimes felt like she was being choked and held down and heard a voice saying she would never see her family again and that she would be dead within 20 minutes. Okay, I'd, yeah, I, I definitely would have left. The family slept at a hotel some nights. Some nights? You mean most nights? <laughs> In April 2012, the family goes to their physician for help, who said he'd never seen anything like it before. He felt scared just walking into the room in their home. He noted that the family had delusions of ghosts, reference hallucinations. Uh, yeah, he had delusions of ghosts and reference hallucinations. I'm not walking in that house if he just has <laughs> been possessed for So the doctor comes months? in. The, d- the boys begin to curse at him in demonic voices. Oh. God. And medical staff present said the youngest boy was lifted and thrown in, into the wall with nobody touching him. Okay, I would have just, I would have like, <laughs> quit. <laughs> it just ran out, like, <laughs> jumped in my car, sped off, and be like, I'm sorry. This is where things get crazy. Oh, so the this boy, is where it gets crazy. So the boys, after that happens, they pass out, and the police are called, and the boys are taken to a hospital where the staff allegedly laughed at the mom's olive oil plan. The older boy, upon waking up, acted rationally, but the seven-year-old screamed and thrashed, and allegedly it took five men to hold him down. Oh, yeah, no. Someone then calls and requests that LaToya Ammons be investigated for child abuse or neglect, <laughs> speculating that LaToya may have a mental illness. That's that's a solid thought. They believed that the children were performing and that LaToya encouraged them. Hospital, per- excuse me, hospital personnel found LaToya Ammons to be mentally stable, though. And as LaToya is being interviewed by a... Um, what they is in Indiana and they don't have CPS, I guess. They have DCS, which is um was it Defense of Children's Services or something like that. I asked my friend who's from Indiana. Um but yeah, so there she's being interviewed by these people and as she's being interviewed, the seven year old begins to growl and then show his teeth and his eyes rolled back in his head. Oh god. And then he locks his hand around his brother's throat and it takes adults to pull them away. 
He refused to let go, though, and he sang the entire time that he wants his brother to die and that he would kill him. So he Homer Simpson him. Yeah. So and Bart, yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. So I'm... his hands were pried off, and the older boy um, began to headbutt his grandma, Rosa Campbell. So she grabbed his hands and begins to pray. He beat up grandma? Hold on. She, be- she grabbed his hands and begins to pray. This causes the boy to walk up the wall and flip over her. Oh, that little boy would have got shot. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he, he would have caught the hands. So you're like, well, that's crazy, but, but hold on. Oh, he would have strangled me. The fist would have been thrown, dude. The police then asked Washington, who is a worker for this, what it is, the Department of Child Services, invest, um, and then asked her what happened. Um, they asked her to investigate if what was said, excuse me, they asked Washington, who's investigating this family, if this boy actually did walk up the wall. And she says, no. What actually happened was that he glided backwards on the floor, then glided up the wall, and then went out of the ceiling. I know. I was like, what? How is that even worse? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'd be like, see those kids, they just can't be helped. <laughs> We're just going to let this one go. Yeah, and then another official asked the boy to repeat this feat, and he was like, I can't do that, and I have no idea what you're talking about. But then this official also was like, this boy seems demonic, but maybe he's mentally ill instead. <laughs> At this point, Reverend Michael Maganot, Magano, was called. <laughs> are you okay over there? Like, so if you're so you're telling me, Doc, that <laughs> uh, if you're mentally. Yeah, you can walk up the you wall. Can just no, walk up you can wall. glide up the wall. You can glide and ceiling. So smoothly glide up a wall. Yeah. You should have just stepped, you should have stood at the possession part. It just made it, now it doesn't even make sense anymore. So at this point though, they're all in the hospital, and Reverend Michael Magano is, was called on to interview the family. And his first steps were to rule out natural causes for what they were experiencing. Um, but while he's there, he's, he starts to encounter selective flickering lights, swinging blinds, and wet foot. Uh, I almost said foot. <laughs> and the wet food? footprints appearing. During this, Latoya mentions a headache, and for some reason, the reverend mentions uh, the reverend starts placing a crucifix on her head, and she begins to convulse. <sighs> After the four-hour interview, the reverend said the family was indeed tormented by demons and ghosts. And before leaving the b- excuse me, before leaving, he blessed the house and then sprinkled holy water in each room, and was also told no, excuse me, also told the family to leave, as the yeah. home was unsafe. And then at this point, they move in with a relative. Yeah, they should have done that immediately. It should be worth mentioning that this entire time also, since the hospital visit, the children are taken out of her custody. Yeah. Um, so this I wouldn't is want Rosa, them either. So Rosa and Latoya move in with a relative. I wouldn't want them kids. She could, they could, the system can help. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible, but I knew. Less than a week later, Washington, who's that DCS caseworker, returns to check out the conditions of the home and asks some police officers to come with her because she feels uncomfortable. Latoya Ammons refuses to enter the house, but Rosa enters, and she went in with the party. Um, one of the police officers said that prior to the trip, he had not believed in demons, but this changed after he visited the house. Their recently batteried uh, audio recorder seemed to be dying and recorded a distinct, hey, when played back. <laughs> Photographs taken of the basement stairs revealed a cloudy white image with a face and a green woman. Okay, yeah, no, I'm never coming back into that house. The DCS is later granted wardship of the children. Yeah, they could have it. The The DCS also found that Latoya Ammons neglected her children by not having them in school regularly. 
which Latoya defended by saying that sometimes the spirits made them sick or kept them up all night. How would they go to school if a kid can smooth moonwalk up a wall? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, yeah, I'm that, not gonna, that was her defense. I'm not like, teaching him a lesson plan to that kid. If anything, I'm quitting my job. <laughs> he comes in here moonwalking up a wall, and I'm just be like, all right, class, so we're talking about, don't mind him over there. We're he's talking on the about wall. math. Today. Um, oh, God. But yeah, so her defense with that was not sending children to school, was that the demons kept them up at night my de- or made my, them sick. My defense would have been you could have these kids. Keep them. <laughs> you can just keep them. And so the daughter is then sent to a group home temporarily, and the youngest boy is sent away for psychiatric evaluation, where they found he only behaved demonic when he's asked questions about demons, when he's challenged, or when questions he or when he's asked questions he doesn't want to answer. They found that his story of the events changed each time it was told. This led evaluators to believe that the children um, of that child had been induced with delusions by his mother, who then reinforced his behavior. At this point, last night, I, I swear to God, I was about to cry because I was super sad about these kids. They're you're so just you're such a God. I was really sad. I was like, wow, their mother's just treating them like this, and they don't even know it's wrong. How do we even? Oh God. Um, but clinical, I said, I was just, see, clinical evaluators of the daughter and the other son came to similar conclusions. The daughter seemed to deal with it differently, though, as she was convinced she saw shadowy figures, she fell into trances, and witnessed door slamming and furniture moving. Psychologists reported that she was guarded but not experiencing symptoms of a psychosis or disorder. Oh, so they're saying mom was, like, just moving a bunch of stuff around the house and telling it's a ghost. I, or, or that she's like, hey, everybody act like a ghost. When you act uh, like a demon, then I'm going to be happy with you. Okay, okay. I see what's going on. Um, so the DCS begins to set goals for the family, which involved not discussing demons and told Latoya not to use religion and possession as punishment. And at this point, uh, Latoya is granted supervised visitation with her children. So Campbell and Ammons um, and two other police officers, as well as a the reverend and a police dog, and a DCS family case manager by the name of Samantha Illick went back to investigate in May of 2012. Nothing was found except in the basement, where Illick said she felt the strange, felt a strange liquid dripping in the basement, which felt slippery but sticky. So they go upstairs. Um, the Reverend wanted to check under the stairs for. Excuse me, they're downstairs still. They're downstairs still. The Reverend wants to check under the stairs for a pentagram or cursed item. Or even if there was a dead body buried under the stairs, because yeah. this is a dirt floor, apparently. One officer then digs a 4 by 3 hole under the stairs, and if in it they find a pink press-on fingernail, a pair of underwear, a shirt pin, a cooking pan lid, socks with the bottom cut off, which why? I don't know. And, and wrapped, um, hold on, I, I don't know what that was supposed to say, wrapped, uh, n- ignore that. And they found a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord. Oh. None of this they consider substantial, so they just replace all the dirt. Later, when they're still in the house, Illick, the caseworker, reports that her left pinky finger begins to tingle, and she says that it feels broken. Soon she reports having a panic attack, so she leaves the home. Ammons reports some shoulder pain and a headache, so she also leaves. One of the police officers refuses to stay at the house past dark. The remaining off- I'm with that guy. That guy also, I didn't mention it in here, but he also began having really bad car problems and electronic problems throughout his whole house, which is really weird, and made him feel like it was something from the house. Um, but he refuses to stay past dark. 
and the remaining officer notices an oil-like substance dripping from the blinds, but couldn't figure out where it was coming from, so he wipes it off, seals the room, and watches it, and makes sure that no one tampers with it, and then he returns 25 minutes later, only to find that the oil is back. Okay, yeah, no. So the Reverend, Reverend Magano re- requests permission to perform an exorcism, and is initially d- denied, but is told to contact more experienced priests. Wait, exorcism for the house? For the house and the people, yes. Uh, Magano later performs a minor exorcism exorcism on Ammons, which was attended by the officers and the caseworker, Samantha Illick. Illick begins to... This is really weird. Illick reports um, weird feelings during the rite and reported a string of medical problems after visiting the home, including third-degree burns from a motorcycle, three broken ribs, a broken hand, and a broken angle... Angle, angle, (laughs) broken ankle, all within a month of visiting the house. In a month? Yeah. What is going? I would have. Yeah. I would have never even went in the house a second time. Shame on them. And so Ammons is told by Reverend Magno um, to find the demon's name that are tormenting her because a name has power. And so Ammons claims that some were high-ranking demons, lieutenants and sergeants. Which I didn't know was a thing, to be honest. Me neither. I didn't know demons have rank. I and guess so, they do. Yeah. Magano is granted the right to perform the exorcism and performed three major exorcisms on Ammons. Two were in English and one was in Latin. And this all happened in June at his church. He reports Ammons convulsing during the rites and eventually falling asleep. Ammons says she feels pain all over. Between the second and third exorcisms, Magano went on a retreat, which I was like, why? Yeah, why, didn't, why not just knock him out? But, but apparently you can't do them all at once. It wasn't like back to back to back. It was like they would – it was like an appointment almost, like a doctor's ah. appointment, like time to go get my exorcism today. Oh, okay. So he had, to, he had to take a break, you know. But he sets up a backup plan in case things get worse while he's gone. It's a, it's a weapon. The family now lives in Indianapolis, which is just Rosa and Latoya because she hasn't gotten her kids back. Uh, she shouldn't. And so she travels back and forth for court hearings and the exorcisms. And like I said, the children are still in DCS cu- uh, custody. Ammons reports bad dreams while Magano is away, so his assistant burns an envelope with the demon's name on it and also has blessed salt in there, and after that, the nightmares end. How do they know the demon's name? I don't know. The exorcism, the final exorcism in Latin, happened in June of 2012. After that, it was all done, and no problems have been reported at the house since uh, since then. And Ammons got her children back in November of 2012, but, DCS, um, but the DCS checked in repeatedly for quite a while. There's been no problem since, though. So the so the kids are all right. I, yeah, I guess. I wouldn't even want them back, dude. It, it sounds terrible, but you keep them kids. How come she only the mom was the one that got the exorcism? That's what I was like. What? I know she's probably like, I need this more than you guys. I've been through a lot. Okay, I want to ask you a question then. All Do right. you believe in demons and that kind of thing? I see. I want to say. I don't want to say no, and then I'll know where I leave out of here, and I can't start my car. So <laughs> I don't want any beef. So I'm gonna say yeah, dude. Just, but don't please, man. I don't want any beef. Dude. What I thought was particularly interesting about this one was the recency, first of all. Then also that for like the all some of the events, there was like official workers there that witnessed it, which is like what were they all in on it then? If it was all a big lie. Or was this boy, this family actually possessed? Or, Which is also weird because you hear about possessions. There's usually one person. There's the whole family except for the grandma. And where's the recordings at, fam? Yeah, you'd think. This is 2012. You would think that, they, yeah, they'd have tons of video, but I don't know. 
There was nothing Ooh. reported in the in the paper I got this from, which was the Indy Star. That's some man. I would have, I would have moved so fast, dude. You would have never even seen me again. Yeah. So this is a like a personal favorite. That's why I included it. But yeah, I'm like that Holy is insane. Crap, man. There's no. I don't want any beef. At all. Like, I don't want any beef, pork, chicken, or anything. <laughs> the weirdest parts of this for me was the boy gliding up the wall. Yes. And then also the caseworker who then gets all those injuries within a month of leaving the house. Poor dude, man. That has a suck. It's like not even like, oh, I broke my foot. It's like broke an ankle, broke ribs, broke a hand, got third-degree burns. It's like all that stuff. I was like, what dang, a terrible, a month? What a terrible <laughs> Worst month of my life. And he's not healing for a long time. Uh, it's a she. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes it even worse. Does it? Yes. Wow. Wow. All that in one month. I would never come to work again. I thought it was interesting how casual it was approached to. It's like, yeah, I just got to go in for my exorcism today. How <laughs> they would travel. I would think that if you're like possessed, you. You just get all those exorcisms out right there in one night. It's just like a really long ordeal, not like you come back repeatedly. Well, maybe maybe it's a rule that you can't do them all in one night. Who knows? But I also read that the guy that granted, the because this reverend has to request it, the bishop that granted it to him had never granted anybody to do an exorcism before. Really? And that was the only one. His first go. Yeah. That's a wild one to have your first one on. Yeah, I guess like he really it, believed. It wasn't the typical, like, oh, she's throwing up heavy. And she throws out a few curse words. What save her? It was a... Her head spins around. Yeah, it was a sliding up the walls, moonwalking, doing the splits on the walls. And, I'm surprised this isn't like a movie or something. I it's feel like, coming. You think so? It's definitely coming. Paranormal Activity 72. <laughs> the 72nd one? Yes. I guarantee it's a movie. It's at least a script out there. You could just hand them in that report, and that's a whole script. Yeah, I guess they are making one. This first, this article says, call it Paranormal Activity X. So this one's based on real-life events. It happened in Indiana. Aren't they all based on real-life events? I don't think so. I, I, they, I, don't. I think they, most of them are. No, they are real events. It's found footage. It's all real. Destroy that genre, by the way. Paranormal Activity movies are some of my favorite horror movies. Nope. Until you get to like the last two, those ones are really bad. But like the first four, I'm like, wow. Get ready. Even Marked Ones has really good connections to the rest of them. I understand how bad some of them are. I think the first one's legendary. Get rid of the whole genre of found footage movies. Well, I love found footage. No. no. Get rid of it. It needs to go. Wow. I think there's a demon in here right now. <laughs> I hope not, dude. I don't want any beef, man. I don't want... No, that's what I always do. I don't believe in demons and that kind of thing until I, like, watch a horror movie or something. Then I'm like, well, it can't be too... You never be too careful. Yeah, like, I don't <laughs> want any problems, dude. I want to, like, walk out and then, like, as soon as I take a step down the stairs or I get in the elevator, it just stops working on me. And it's like, you messed up, dog. If we leave here and we get in the elevator and then it just stops, I'm like, Amir, you got to go home. Dude, I'm coming back I'm up here. I'm coming back here and they'd be like, we need the mics for like 30 seconds. I'm sorry. Oh, wow. How do you feel about this? Uh, Episode where we have a live Ouija board experience? Uh, no. Uh, I give this one, this this I 
this is a 10 out of 10 for this would be a great film that I would see. That's it would probably be a new the next Conjuring movie. Sorry for the I feel bad for the mom. I think I'm not for sure if I should feel bad for her or not. Yeah, I was thinking with the Orange and Johnson one too, where they're talking about how this kid has random bruises and stuff and all that kind of thing. And then this family, yeah, she has stitches. I'm like, I wonder if they're just abusing these children. I know. And then, like, they're so they're so mentally messed up by it that they just, like, this is what's normal to them. Which is why I felt really sad when I was reading it. Uh, the ending. I hope, like, I don't know. We'll see. I feel bad for them regardless. Whether whether it's a mental illness or actual de- demons, that's, that's messed up and yeah. sad. Holy crap, man. Indiana has some wild stuff going on. Yeah, apparently, yeah. That's some wild stuff. One of my good friends is from Indiana, so I'm going to ask him about it. Stay that. away from Gary. Whoa, dude. What's That's wrong? what happened. I was going to say, what do you got? That's Michael Jackson was from Gary, Indiana. Really? Yes. I didn't know he was from he Indiana. Was born in Jer- uh, Gary, Indiana. All right. Do you have any final thoughts on the Ammons family uh, or uh, or exorcisms and possessions in general? Because this is our finale for this mini series. Uh, I don't want any beef, and uh, I can't, you know. I feel bad for the kids and the the family. Hopefully everything's going right for you guys, and hopefully you had a great, cool Christmas. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this has been a fun time, you know, a fun uh, second start of a second season, you know. All right. And so next episode will be the first part in our series. It's not going to be a consecutive series like uh, this one or the MK Ultra one. This will be like one we touch on sporadically. Um, which is the first part of our movies one. Weird stuff that happened with movies where we talk about stuff like The Exorcist, uh, Poltergeist, that kind of thing. And so tune in for that. That's every Friday. And But if you want to know the ways that you can listen, even though you are listening right now, there is SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash cm hyphen life. iTunes, which is Central Michigan Life Podcast. Uh, the Central Michigan Life website, which is cm-life.com slash, uh, yeah, slash multimedia slash audio. Our Twitter is at the podcast 51 We tweet out the links there. Our Instagram is at podcast 51 We usually post engaging content, try to link it in our bio, that kind of thing. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Yeah, before I drop my uh, fire quote, uh, you're, uh, hopefully all you guys' New Year's resolutions are to Get five people to listen to this show. Yeah. Yeah. Share with your friends. Share with your friends and your uh, your parents. But, uh, yeah, hopefully you have a, a rocking new year. And hopefully you're not on academic probation because that would be a pretty sad thing to, you know, come home to for the holidays. So this has been a great year. And uh, stay curious, stay spooky, and stay awesome. And I love you all. <laughs>